Hey, 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 what's up? It's Aiden Jones here. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday the 15th of November, 2022. How are you? I feel stressed. Stressed. Oh, it's going to be okay. You know what? I've felt stressed for the last few days. I don't know what... I guess I've got a lot of things going on or I guess I'm just putting stress on myself. Or maybe, you know, I'm like... Well, I don't know, man. I've got to take a breath. I'm stressed right now because I knew that I had to do my podcast, but I kind of didn't find time for it today and yesterday. I feel like I've just been run off my feet a little bit, and it's currently 8.47 p.m. on Tuesday, and I just was like sitting here with my mum and my girlfriend and, you know, watching TV and like thinking about going to bed in a second, I was like, oh my God, it's Tuesday, I have to do the podcast. And um, I guess I was like disappointed in myself for forgetting because I just, it's cool, man. I mean, like it actually in two weeks, it'll be the five year anniversary of me starting this podcast. I put the date in my calendar. It's It's the 20th of November. This actually, this week might be... Let's call it the five-year anniversary of the podcast. Still, you know, hovering around 70 downloads a week. (laughs) 54 loyal and, you know, 16 fair-weather fans, I reckon. That tea is way too hot. Oh, it's been very stressful, man. I don't know, yesterday... You know what? I want to fucking... I've been meaning to do something on the podcast for... How are you guys? Sorry, sorry. How are you? How are you actually? How are you actually? Tell me. Tell me. I hope you're good. I hope you're not stressed. I hope you're not freaking out. I've had some fucking freak outs. So something that I've been meaning to do on the podcast for a while that I think would be kind of cool, but... Look, every time I have an idea for something that would be cool on the podcast, I fucking commit to it for a bit and then bail on it. So I don't want to make this like central, but it might just be a fun thing to do is I've been enjoying, obviously, if you've been listening for a while or if you follow the Instagram at Sitting Under Podcast, you'll know that I love using um, Google Deep Dream to make like stylized images of whatever a photo is from my week that I talk about on the podcast. I make that. The image every week, I cross it with some stylized image on the Deep Dream website. If you don't know what Google Deep Dream is, you can take a photo that you've taken and then you can take like an image of anything else on the internet that's got like, you know, specific colors or a style or whatever. Or I think the original way that I had it explained to me was like, if you've got a photo of that you've just taken on your phone, like of your face, and then you cross it in deep dream with like a a Van Gogh painting, you can make the photo that you took of your face look as if it were painted in the style of Van Gogh. So it just just melds these two images together with AI, deep learning algorithms, whatever. Cool. And I love fucking around with it. And a new thing that they've got is text to image. So you can write, the the AIs are at the level now, or it's actually I've read that it's not actually AI. It's just deep learning. Whatever, these algorithms are at the level now where they can kind of parse and understand 
speech. So you can write to them in just natural language, describe something, and it'll make th- that into an image, um, which is so fun. And the Google one, I mean, it's like that Dali 2 and all that stuff if you've seen that. But the fun thing about the Google one that I've noticed is a lot of the images are like really creepy. Also, it gives you high-resolution images, whereas the Dali 2 one doesn't. So whatever. But... I thought it would be cool when I tell a story on the podcast, like the way that I kind of do the name of the podcast, I just stumble on it and something that would be cool. Um, I thought when I'm telling a story, it would be cool to um, get like a sentence from the story and after the podcast, plug it into the text to image generator and see what it comes up with and chuck that up on the Instagram. So like... I don't know. I feel like it'll be kind of a fun extra little thing to post and a little element to the podcast, right? So um, I want to try and do that today, but I'm worried that it's going to sound disjointed and whatever. Anyway, that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about why I'm stressed, dude. Yesterday, I fucking crashed my brother's car. (laughs) What a fucking psycho. It was just like the day, man. Ugh. Me and my girlfriend are here in Adelaide. We had a... um, Do I want to start from the start? So, like, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to figure out what order to tell this story because maybe the car crash was, like, the... And, by the way, I'm fine. I literally just reversed into a bollard, but, like, annoying. But, um, yeah, man, we were, like... I was in Brisbane. I got home from Brisbane uh, on Tuesday. (sighs) After doing the podcast with the fucking boys from Trash Future last week was so much fun. One of the guys, my mate Milo, was supposed to be on the podcast, gave himself food poisoning. Oh, no, he got food poisoning, but then he was getting better and then he ate like a bunch of deep fried onion rings, which is like the worst thing you can eat. So he made himself sick again (laughs) and he missed the episode of the podcast that I was on. So that was a bummer, but whatever. But then uh, did that got home and I just knew I was broke as fuck. I was so so stressed for money this time last week. By the way, the crowdfunder, thank you everyone, $3,548 out of four grand with five days left. We're going to get there. I'm psyched. Um, There's, yeah, been a a friend of mine donated 500 this week, which was incredible. Thank you. Um, I'm super excited for that to be done. But anyway, whatever, that's not the point. So I got home last week and I was like, I'm, I'm fucked for cash and I need to work. So I just got to do heaps of work. So Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I just smashed out so much work. And um, yeah, really like every free moment that I had, I was just out doing like day job work. And um, when I wasn't doing that, you know, trying to squeeze in some writing doing like some fucking admin stuff that I needed to get done, just trying to get on top of my shit. But I felt like every moment I was just moving, moving, moving. No time to rest. And on Thursday, got so uh, me and my girlfriend were going to a wedding on Saturday and, and I needed to get an outfit. And I had kind of decided for myself, like I want, you know, a great outfit. So I was like, maybe I'll buy a new suit. Like in my mind, I always just like in the future, I'm going to have money. So I was like, yeah, man, I'll buy like a $300 suit. 
<laughs> like a hundred and fifty dollars shirt, and I'll buy new pants and all this stuff. In my mind, I was like, "Yeah, I'll spend like six hundred bucks." And then it was getting closer, and I was like, "Maybe I'll spend like four hundred bucks." And then it got closer and closer, and I was like, "I have to go to op shops." <laughs> <laughs> I'll wear the suit that I have. I'll just buy a new shirt from an op shop. Um, and then we spent the day on Thursday going around to these op shops and f- we went to like seven or eight, found a fucking awesome shirt. I looked so good. You know what? The photo for this week is going to be a photo of me and my now official girlfriend, which is sad because she's living in a few weeks anyway. Whatever, not important. Maybe that's, you know what, I've honestly, I don't want to get too personal because, you know, I'm trying not to do that, but I genuinely, I think that is actually what I'm kind of stressed about is all of this stuff that's superficial, fine, but what I'm actually stressed about is the fact that this girl who is now my girlfriend is going to be leaving in a few weeks and I'm really sad about it and so is she and we're talking about it and there's nothing not said, but I think that's actually what I'm a bit emotional about, maybe, I don't know, I don't fucking know, man, who knows? about emotions, you know, but anyway, we go, uh, Thursday, we get me some fucking, we get me a new shirt, I bring my suit jacket with me, trying stuff on, I get a tie to match, the suit jacket's blue, I've got blue pants, I've got brown shoes, we find a shirt that's like a kind of tonal browny, greeny kind of light thing, and then we get a tie that matches, and it's really nice, And then on fucking Friday, I bought a hat to go with the outfit, a felt hat from Cotton On. It's green. Oh, my God. I looked so good. And, you know, as soon as I got that outfit, I started to get excited. Before that, the wedding was just like, eh, whatever. Like, it's a cool, you know, thing. My friends are getting married. I'm excited. But, like, you know... It's, it, it just didn't, I didn't really kind of engage with exactly what was happening in my mind. I was just like, we're going to a wedding. Great. But then once we actually went shopping for the stuff and she was looking for dresses and just, you know, preparing for it, made it real and exciting. And I was like, you know what? I'm really excited for the wedding. So, uh, we're flying there on Saturday morning, Friday. Two amazing things on Friday. First of all, the artist Roan, who um, if you're from Melbourne or you live in Melbourne, you might have seen the huge faces that he does. He's a street artist, huge women's faces out on the streets, but he also does these kind of massive exhibits. Um, He did one in, I think, an abandoned like fairground or something like near Geelong a couple of years ago, and I didn't get tickets to that. And this time he's got one in Flinders Street Station. There's an abandoned ballroom above Flinders Street Station that's been there for years and years and he managed to get a hold of that space and then um, turn it into an exhibit of like all of these kind of things. Like he made it up as if it, as it would have been back in the day, you know, like I think the exhibit was based in around the 40s. So there was like one room with all um, typewriters kind of like in banks of typewriters that people would have been working at, but it all looked like it would, it had just been abandoned. Like there was some letters in the typewriters and you could read them and see like, Oh, the, you know, the story of like someone was writing a breakup note to their boyfriend and someone was writing about the job or the promotion that they wanted to get. You could go into all these rooms and they were like workplaces that had been abandoned and it felt like as you go through them, all of the rooms, the workplaces, there were little things around bits of jewelry or names or little hints of the fact that all of this work was, 
was done by women, um, which was interesting because I guess we have this assumption that like, well, we you just kind of forget the role that women maybe played in a lot of the work that was done in our country. It was really nice. Um, it seemed to be set in kind of the war years as well. So maybe the story of like that all the men were going away to war and the women were staying here and just like keeping the country working, you know. Um, but it was beautiful and there was beautiful music playing all the time and it was just like eerie and haunting but very heartwarming and loved that. But <laughs> my girlfriend is always late. She's just a late person. And I was waiting for her beforehand and I started to stress out because I wanted the exhibit. Oh, sorry. I wanted, I got tickets to the exhibition and I didn't tell her what it was. I was like, I want it to be a surprise, but you have to be here at this time. Otherwise, we're going to be late and you don't get much time to go and check it out. So she was a little bit late, but it was fine. But I was still stressing, you know, and we kind of talk, whatever. It's just the last week, it feels like the theme for me has been stressing Maybe that's something I want to do. I'll do I'll, I'll do three text-to-speech things. The first one will be, one, a man. This was me. I was waiting for her at the cafe. Um, I was like, meet me at this cafe around the corner and then we'll go to the secret surprise that I've got for you. And I was just, I was sitting there. I ordered a coffee. It's this sick cafe. I don't know what it's called, but it's like on the corner of Flinders Lane and Swanson Street inside on the ground floor of the Nicholson building, which is this old kind of art deco building. It's this tiny little hole in the wall cafe that I found a few weeks ago. And I went there and I sat there and with my coffee and I was trying not to stress, but inside I was just really fucking freaking out that she wasn't going to get there in time and that we were going to miss the exhibition. And I was like, a man sitting in a cafe inside an art a man waiting in a cafe waiting inside an art deco building he is very stressed a man waiting in a cafe inside an art deco building. He is very stressed. That's going to be the first prompt there. I'm interested to see how this is going to work out, hey? Maybe this will be great. Every story I tell, trying to think of a way to tell a computer how to make an image of it and then putting those images up on my Instagram. That's fun, right? That's fun. Oh, perfect tea. Thank you. So anyway, that. Then, um, you know, she came, we went to the exhibition, it was fine. <sighs> but that was a moment of stress and I had to tell her that I was annoyed and that was hard because I don't like sharing feelings, but I wanted to. I mean, I don't, it's not that I don't like it, but it's hard. It's hard to admit to someone that you care about that they've annoyed you, that they've upset you in some way. And I kind of wanted to apologize for her and tell her that it was all fine. but and it, and it was. But also, you know, it's annoying when someone's late. Whatever. We did that and then it was fine. And then um, went to that exhibition. And then later that night, so did that. Went home, you know, showered, whatever. And then went out to Louis C.K., man. I had tickets for Louis C.K. from like, I bought them months ago. And he was finally fucking, he came to Melbourne. I've never seen him before. 
and he was playing at the Palais in St Kilda, three thousand seat theater. I got two hundred dollar tickets. I was in fucking row E in the bot, like five rows back from Louis C.K. Man, and it was incredible. So many, so many people were there. You know, it's like, and I, I, I have no judgment of anyone who you know. I think I understand, man. If you can't watch. Louis C.K. anymore if you don't like him after everything that happened and what he did and those revelations, I totally get it. But um, I, I, I still like his stuff, you know. I think he's apologized. I think um, he seems like he understands what he did and why it was bad and, and whatever. And also, I just don't have the proximity to... Like, I'm not a woman, so I don't understand what it feels like to be in the position that he put those women in. So when I hear those stories, I'm like, yes, that's bad, but I don't feel it, you know? Whereas, like, when things that are very specific to the male experience happen and I hear about them, I kind of instinctively feel that stuff and understand what that would feel like because I've felt those things. Um. And what that means that I don't have the proximity to Louis C.K., the fucking, the women that he did that to, their experience is that when he says sorry, I think I find it easier to forgive him because I'm like, yeah, you did a bad thing and you said sorry. I don't look at him and remember that feeling that I, whatever. Anyway, this is all just saying, this is all me trying to rationalize um, and, and, and like allow myself to forgive myself for going to this thing. But it was awesome. I mean, he is undeniably one of the best comics of his generation and one of the best comics in the world right now, an incredible performer. And um, just to watch him fuck around, man, someone who's doing what he loves and he's been doing it for fucking uh, over half his life. He's been doing it for like 40 years and to get to fucking go and watch him do that was incredible. And I'm not going to talk about any of the jokes or anything, even though I could quote a bunch of them that I've remembered with friends and stuff in the last week or few days or whatever, but it was so good. Also, how crazy is this? I don't know if any of you guys give a fuck about Louis C.K. and comedy gossip and whatever, but um, the Mark Maron interview that they did together on Mark Maron's podcast in 2011 is one of my favorite podcast episodes ever where that like they were friends for 10 years and then their friendship faded away at some point and they didn't speak for like another 10 years and then the episode of of uh Marin's podcast was the first time they'd spoken in like 10 years or whatever and it was them kind of rebuilding a friendship it's incredible and it's beautiful and it's great and then they did another episode of his podcast like like eight or nine years later like just before the me too stuff came out about louis and since then, they haven't done an episode, but I, I was like, maybe they will. Anyway, yesterday morning, Mark Maron was on Instagram live answering people's questions, and I asked him, do you still talk to Louis, um, and have you seen his new movie, because I loved it? And uh, he answered, he just said, I do not speak to Louis anymore, his choice. He said, I definitely do not speak to Louis anymore, his choice. Um, and that was kind of all he said, and it made me really sad because from the podcast, the, the interview that they did together, it sounded like their friendship meant a lot. And like, I think Marin started crying at the end, you know, thinking about their friendship and how he'd missed so much of it because of his own selfishness and and uh, jealousy of Louis. And 
I just, I mean, I will, I will never know. We'll never know what happened, but it seems really sad to me. I was so invested in their friendship after listening to that podcast. And I mean, <laughs> I have a friendship. I've, I've had that experience in my life of a couple friendships kind of that were really important to me and like losing those, you know, and um, trying to deal with that. It's fucking hard. It's so, it sucks. It's the worst thing, man, to have a friend who you really care about and the friendship is important to you and you feel close and then to have that for whatever reason go away is like one of the hardest things that I've, you know, that I've dealt with. Um, And that's not to say like, oh, poor me or sympathy or whatever, like fucking, I don't know, things happen, but. I felt like listening to the the first time I listened to that Louis podcast was, um, you know, it was just interesting inherently. It was just it was just interesting just to hear two friends like that. But in the years since, when I've had friendships fade away and and you know disappear out of my life, it became so relevant to me. And I kind of listened to that as a kind of hopeful like maybe it's not. You know, like if they can do that and repair their friendship and kind of come back together with the humility and a bit more wisdom of age and stuff, like maybe that can happen with me and and my friend as well. Um, And whatever. I mean, every friendship in every situation is different. So it's not to say that it can or it can't, but it was nice to see them do that and to hope that I could do that with my friend one day too and um, to hear that it's not in the long run, they don't talk anymore. It just made me really sad. You know what? Let's do, I want to try a bunch of different, um, a bunch of different prompts here. So like, I want to do three prompts. So the second prompt, 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 fuck. I need a prompt. Uh, The first prompt, a man waiting in a cafe inside an Art Deco building. He is very stressed. I've intentionally put a fair few descriptive words in there because I think those make better pictures. But let's try ones and keep it a bit more vague and see what the AI does, right? So let's put for the second prompt, two friends drifting apart. And I wonder what the computer's going to think about that. Maybe it'll have like two people. It seems to get things kind of wrong sometimes, you know? So maybe it'll have like a people on two different rafts <laughs> on a river. <laughs> and you can put, you know what, actually? And that's a cartoon. I'll put a cartoon of two friends drifting apart. That's funnier because you can tell it what style you want it in as well because it's text to speech, so like text to image, so just whatever. So a cartoon, I'll put a colorful, no, a children's cartoon there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A children's, a children's cartoon of two friends drifting apart. Great. That's the, that's the second prompt. Third prompt. Anyway, that was really sad. That was really sad to hear on um, on Marin's Instagram live. I hope you're okay, buddy. If you're listening, Mark Marin, uh, I don't want to be your mate either. You sound like a lot of hard work, but I fucking love your podcast. All right. <laughs> Louis was incredible. Watched that. Um, got, I oh, went out for like 
ice cream with some mates after the show, talked about the show, whatever. Went back to my girlfriend's place. Were, got like four hours of sleep. Woke up super early to get our early flight. Went to the Virgin Lounge. Got our free food. Bing, bang, bong. Boom. And um, <laughs> we've been laughing this week about my mate Kyle Legacy. I showed her some of the footage from the documentary of me interviewing him. And there's one point... <laughs> If you don't know Kyle Legacy, go on Instagram and follow, uh, I think it's the LeBron James of comedy on Instagram or LeBron James of comedy, at LeBron James of comedy, Kyle Legacy, and just watch some of his stand-up. I love it. He's so funny. Some of his reels, man, he, he rocks. He has this very specific way of talking and in one of the interviews, I asked him a question. Like I was just like, you did, uh, it's a, he holds the record for doing the most gigs ever in the Edinburgh Fringe in the month. He did 230 in a month and in the interview I said that to him I went so you did 230 gigs wasn't it and he just went boom <laughs> like that was his way of answering a qu- of just like in the affirmative of not going like yeah yeah he just went boom <laughs> we've been laughing about that um, do I want that to be the title of this week's podcast boom nah well maybe I think I want the title of this week's podcast to be uh, Google Text to Image Generator. Or do I want it to be Boom? Nah, I'm, I'm making it Boom. Nah, Boom's a better title. Anyway, whatever. Boom. 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 Um, so, yeah, we got to the airport, caught our flight, Got to mine or mum's in Adelaide. Had a bit of a nap then before the wedding. Got ready. Got driven to the wedding. Oh my God, this fucking wedding, man. First of all, beautiful. A beautiful wedding. Two old friends of mine, both friends and just like marrying each other. They've got a kid. It was their 10-year anniversary. They got married on the the exact day of the 10-year anniversary of them being together, which is fucking awesome. And we got there, the wedding started, well, on the invitation it said 4 o'clock, we rock up at 4 o'clock, all the groomsmen are already standing there in a line, all like, fuck, it's literally about to start. And we walked up, it was in the hills, and we got, just got to the undercover, and it started, oh my god, I've never in my life seen rain like this, or I ha- I've never seen rain hard, it just, it started fucking hammering down as soon as we got there. And the bride was up upstairs with like a, a fucking flight of stairs with no cover on between her and the wedding. So she's up there in her dress with her hair all done nice and it's pissing down with rain and she's got to go from there. Oh, just brutal. And then the power went out and uh, the groom was just like, all right. Like you see, he was so stressed and scared. He was like, all right, I get it. I'm going home. <laughs> like as if God was telling him not to get married. Oh, the poor motherfucker. He was freaking out. It was really cute. And then she finally came down. They got the generator on, generator power with petrol generator. Got the lights back on, got candles all around the place. And then finally they got married. And the 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 line that killed me was they did, they wrote their own vows and they did vows to each other. And um, my, uh, I mean, you know, they had. I won't. They had a colourful past, as a lot of my friends did, and I did. You know, we all went through it. There were drugs involved, whatever. 
And uh, he said in the vows, he said to his wife, I've watched you grow from a brazen, vigorous young woman. (laughs) And he said that and you could hear everyone kind of snicker and then everyone heard everyone else snicker and then everyone just started laughing (laughs) because we all knew exactly what he was talking about. And they were both like that. And it was a really warm and beautiful moment. And one of the groomsmen, an old mate of mine, fucking teared up and um, started crying. And I saw that, which I thought was beautiful. And I found out later there were two or three people had bets on when he was going to cry. And he lost like a few hundred bucks. (laughs) It was just beautiful, man. Beautiful wedding. And we partied into the night. There was great food. We put the tunes on, the power kept going out, the generator, whatever, and by the end of the night, two of the guys, DJs, were playing. It was amazing, and just as we're about to fucking, it was really kicking off, and then the power went out again, and it never came back on at like 11. That was a bummer, but what a fucking awesome night, man. What an awesome wedding. I looked incredible. My girlfriend looked incredible. All of my friends, amazing. The bride and groom, sick. Everyone was happy. I saw all these people that I haven't seen. I mean, some people I hadn't seen in like 10 years just to see them, you know? Some people I have seen, but I've seen them more in the last few years than I did in the period before that. It feels like as we all get older, we all have separate lives, but the period that we shared together when we were young is still important. And... um to have something like that and to kind of recognize together, not just the bride and groom, but all of us and all of our friends that like we went through a fucking hard period together. People, it was scary. Some people would went to jail. Some people were doing drugs. We lost a couple of people, you know, but the majority of us made it through and we're at the point now where we're all getting older and living lives and living well and people are doing well and it's just such a beautiful fucking thing to go and spend an afternoon with my friends and celebrate that. It's kind of what it felt like. So, um, yeah, man, that was awesome. That was such a great day. And I'm building up to something, aren't I? We got home and then Sunday we just bummed around and then we had dinner. Me, my girlfriend, my mum, her partner, my brother, his girlfriend had dinner at this Japanese restaurant and the kid who was our server was like 20 and he said he was on three hours sleep and he was clearly hung over and I was I was stoked for him. I was like, you are doing it, man. This is your life and you're getting fucked up and then he messed up our order like so many times and I was like, I like you less now. You're annoying. <laughs> I, I sympathize with you, but do your job. I'm trying to have dinner here. They were under the pump. They were getting slammed with Uber Eats orders, whatever. And then we got Yochi afterwards. Sick. And then yesterday, we were going to drive. So yesterday, the plan was going to see some friends of my girlfriend's uh, parents and like family friends of hers, have lunch with them, go have a drink afterwards at the pub, meet another friend of theirs and their baby, and it was great. Did that. And I had a gig that night. And then after the gig, I'm emceeing at Rhino Room. And then after that, me and her are driving for an hour to um, Victor Harbour to see my grandparents. That's the plan, right? Audacious to do a gig and then drive for an hour. But 
better to get to Victor Harbor and then we can wake up in the morning and spend some time with my grandparents. But we're really trying to fit everything in and that's her and that's me as well. I'm always trying to fit everything in and being kind of a bit unrealistic about the amount of stuff that I think I'm going to fit into a day. And that's what I've been doing all fucking week. And it's like, I've been doing well with it, but I've been operating at a point of stress where like, I'm just able to, you know, to get everything done. And the social battery was drained. We've been seeing people all weekend and seeing her family friends was great. And then we finished that at like four and then we get home and we've got a dinner reservation that we made for ourselves and no one else at six. So we put, we've boxed ourselves into this corner. The gig's not too late. We've reserved the dinner. We go to bed for like an hour. Wake up. We go on a dinner. We're late. We're going to get to dinner at 6.30. Then we've got an hour to eat dinner. I'm starting to stress about time. We're driving my brother's car. We get into the city. There's nowhere to park. So we go to like a small parking garage in the city. It's $9 for an hour. (laughs) Whatever. I take the ticket. Drive in the garage. I'm still stressing about time, but we're just going to make it. We've just got enough time. I get a park. We get out of the car. We're walking to the restaurant. I turn around. I check. I see that the park is reserved. It's not for us. We're not allowed to park there. I'm like, fuck. I get back into the car. My girlfriend's outside the car. She's flustered. She can tell that I'm flustered. She's like trying to help me back out or like look for a spot. She's like, maybe I'll look for a spot and then you can drive into that. I'm like, just get in the car. She gets in and I'm reversing, 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 looking in the mirrors, can't see anything, reversing, crunch. I get out and the back tail light hit this fucking pole that I couldn't see. It was low. And the back of the car is just scratched in a tiny little dent. It's not fucked up, but it's fucked, you know? And I just, man, I just wanted to cry, but we were still late. We went to the restaurant, sat down. We parked properly and then sat down, went to the restaurant. I took photos of the thing. Went to the restaurant, got our table, and I just looked at the menu and I was like, I can't sit here. I can't do this right now. And we got outside and I just hugged her and cried a bit because I was just stressed and I felt so guilty because it was my brother's car. And then um, I was like, let's go to a Porto and eat at a Porto. And she was, we got there and then she was like, I'm a vegetarian. I was like, oh, I know. Fuck. And I, I just sat in the car and she went in. She was like, I'm going to get you some snacks. I sat in the car and called my brother. He was fine with it. My brother rocks. You know, he's just, as long as you, you know, I was like, I'll pay for it, whatever. And um, she came out with a a thing of chips and one of those service station sandwiches, like a chicken sandwich. And I took one bite out of it and I was like, you're the best, but I just want to let you know that there is a chicken burger place next door to here. Will you be upset if I throw this in the bin because it tastes so bad? She just laughed and she was like, that's fine. And I went to the gig, told everyone at the gig that I just crashed my brother's car. The gig was great, whatever. But I don't know what I'm trying to... What's the point? What's the point of this story? I let myself get so worked up about the, you know, the stress and the pressure that I was putting on myself. And actually last time I was in a car crash with my ex-girlfriend <laughs> was in the, it was the same. I just kind of the stress, I let it get to me and I kind of blacked out, you know, emotionally and then did something that ended up costing me $2,000. 
just the stress of having another person to worry about and caring about them and also being tired and wanting to fit everything in, you know, it really gets to me. I think that's what this is, is it's just like sharing my life with another person. It's not easy and it's preferable. I want to do it, but it's, it's hard. Um, it's yeah. I wanted to. I want to make that into a prompt for the text to image generator. Showing my what about um, what about a man? A man. Rev- I'll try and make this one really visual. A man reversing his car into a bollard. In a small, in a cramped, cramped parking garage. And what about this? A comic. It's a comic. And the man's angry and he's swearing. A comic of an angry man reversing his car into a bollard in a cramped parking garage. Maybe that'll come up with something good. And then those three, those are the story of my week. There you go. A man waiting in a cafe inside an Art Deco building. He's very stressed. Two friends drifting apart. Or a a children's cartoon of two friends drifting apart. And then number three, a comic of an angry man reversing his car into a bollard in a cramped parking garage. Great. Great. I hope you guys are doing good. I think that's the end. I'm really tired. I feel really tired right now. Um, This episode is called Boom. The picture is going to be me and my girlfriend suited and booted at this wedding. Looking fucking awesome. There were these two kids playing saxophone at the wedding. They they had like, um, like instrumental versions of popular kind of house songs. Um, and they were like, they must have been like 18 or 19, these kids, and they were just playing saxophone over the top of, you know, like playing the, the, the melody and harmony of these songs while the beats went underneath. They played Shooting Star. That was a highlight. That was one of my favorite parts of the wedding. I love that song so much. Shooting Star by Bag Raiders was the song that I learned to shuffle in, in Red Square, in front of the full-length mirrors on the dance floor, and to have that at the wedding with all the people around who I learned to shuffle with, you know, we all used to shuffle together. People were shuffling. Man, at one point, we remember that Red Square, right? The nightclub I used to go to. There was the dance floor and there were two steps. So like the dance floor had like a, it was like a light up dance floor. And around the dance floor, the rest of the place was kind of raised up a bit. So the dance floor was set down two steps, like lower. And uh, we would shuffle up and down the steps. And someone said that was like the steps. And I was like, oh, fuck. And there was a staircase there. And I shuffled down and then back up the steps. And everyone was like, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. That's the podcast. That is the podcast. I hope you guys are doing good. I hope you remember the people you grew up with. Huh? Keep in touch with them. Don't let your friends fucking drift away, man. If you got a friend who you're mad at, who you think you should talk to, talk to them, reach out because it's it's worth holding on to those friendships. That's what this weekend 
reminded me of going to that wedding, you know, um, and the relationships in your life that, you know, they're a bit of work, but it's fucking, it's, it's worth working on them because they're important and uh, it's like that song, you know, the older you get, the more important it is um, to keep hold of the people who knew you when you were young. All right. That's the podcast. Thank you guys very much. It's been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace.